<laughs> All right, hello there. How's it going, everyone? I'm Stephen Borbell. I'm the driver right, of the number two Ford Mustang for the next How's level going, racing I'm team. Uh, to my left on screen is Carl Pooler, the driver of the number 71 Chevrolet for uh, Limitless Esports. And then to my right is number 56, Richard Wolsifer, also for uh, Limitless Esports. And uh, you're listening to the Holler Podcast, where we will discuss all things NASCAR and the Butt Kicker Cup Series. Um, before we get started here, the podcast is sponsored by Butt Kicker, the leader in haptics. Um, in addition, Sundance Pizza, Idealise, and TriVista. So why don't you all go ahead and introduce yourself real quick. Carl, we'll start with you since you're on my left. Hey guys, uh, Carl Pooler. Um, if you've been with us for a while, you may recognize my voice from uh, broadcasting a couple years ago. Adam first started Wicked uh, Racing League, and I was one of the commentators for that league. And actually, that experience made me want to race, uh, follow Adam uh, through Wicked into the BRB. So I uh, love to have you here. Love to be here. Um, Richard, tell us about yourself. What do you got going on? And the subtle flex over there, like, I was a broadcaster, guys. Or that color pooler, guys. No. Uh, hey, guys, Richard here. Um, not just, uh, I don't know, just got back into iRacing probably a year and a half ago now, something like that. Uh, started over with the Wicked Racing League, probably one, uh, one of their basically founding drivers there, and moved over here to the BRB Racing League Buck Kicker Cup Series. Uh, you know, been really enjoying getting back into the sim racing thing, even got a rig back here. So, I spent a little bit too much money now on on you know being back for a year and a half, but hey, you know what? No it's, it's good to be here. You're right. Yeah, there's no such thing on happiness price, right? <laughs> you, you know, whenever ever whenever someone starts complaining about the price tag of sim racing, start bringing them receipts of car parts and entry tickets and all the inspections and stuff like that. It kind of starts balancing out rather quickly. Hold on, so so. Uh, real quick, I know we're going off the rails right off the bat here. I love doing this though. But uh so <laughs> my my wife's mom and her stepdad, they kept bugging me to add stuff to a Christmas list thing that they had on on the website. They're like, "Hey, we need you to add a list." And I'm one of those people I hate asking for gifts. I never know what to put on the list, okay? Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, "What's what's like what's the limit? Like what do you want me to put on there?" They're like, "Just be reasonable." So I'm like, "Okay." So my dumbass Went and found a 2018 TA2 race car for $85,000. <laughs> I put it on there, and they're like, we said reasonable. I'm like, that is reasonable. That's like a $120,000 car. <laughs> so, yeah, no, sim racing, it is happy on the wallet. It is very happy <laughs> on the wallet. Very true. So it's safe to say you didn't get it. Uh, yeah, no, no. There's no race car in my garage. Very sad. I, I, I officially uh, disown my uh, in-laws. <laughs> well, that's not a good start. Uh, at least it took this long. They probably, uh, you know, disowned you the moment the vows went through. I mean, you're not Jeez. wrong. I, you're not wrong. Me and the wife are going on three years of marriage, and you know what? For some weird reason, they still get me Christmas presents. I don't know what's up there. Oh, man. It, you know, <laughs> pick your battles, right? Pick your battles. <laughs> Only so much you can do there. Welcome to the married life, Orbell. You'll be there soon. <laughs> <laughs> Very soon indeed. Um, it's it's been a fun it's been a fun journey so far, and I just can't wait for more. Uh, but well, Richard, since you already went ahead and uh, told us how your Christmas list was, Carl, did you have anything good on your Christmas list? 
Uh, you know, maybe not so bold as a whole race car, but there was a race sim on there, and somehow, some way, Santa got informed and Santa hooked me up. So I have been uh, practicing and setting up a Track Racer one TR160 rig, fully maxed out. Um, I if I could take my camera down and show you i would i just don't have the space and i'm still working on some of the kinks so um yeah santa definitely hooked me up steven how about yourself that's very exciting um i didn't get that unfortunately um i did get a new shifter for my sim rig um i think that's the only sim related present i got this year uh, a lot of my presents were uh wedding registry gifts and uh knickknacks here and there all still great um but not as much sim racing until uh, I get married, we move into a house, and then hopefully I get myself a rig. So that, we'll see. That is definitely important to remember. Happy spouse, happy house. <sighs> That's true. It goes both ways. <laughs> exactly. That's why you said house, you know, exactly. or happy spouse. spouse. It makes yep. it, it goes off, you know, bounces off each other. But, yeah, really you'll, like you'll get there. <laughs> I really like that. Well, good deal, guys. So y'all just want to go ahead and start. Uh, we'll go into our last race. Um which I guess now was two and a half, almost three weeks ago at this point. Uh, we're looking back towards uh, December 19th. Um, so mm -hmm. at least two weeks ago, um, two weeks and two days, I guess if you want me to be exact. Um, <laughs> but that was our longest race of the season. Uh, it was the Armed Forces 400, so 400 miles at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Um, let me go ahead and pull up those results real quick so I just have them up. So let's well while Steven's getting that set up, Richard, let's let's talk about the race length. There's a lot of controversy, and that's anywhere between sim racing and IRL. You know, Formula One, their races typically last maybe two hours. Then you have the Coke six hundred, which can last four, five hours. You have some fans that like the length of it, some fans that want, you know, sh short and sweet stuff like that. You as a sim racer, Richard, do you prefer the shorter runs or the longer races like we had? you know, what, 14 days ago, 16 days ago, 16. Yeah. I, I mean, you got to look at it two different ways here. Like sim racing is different than IRL. Like right now, all I see is a lot of people in the actual NASCAR world complain about how long NASCAR races are. They just think the races are too long. Um, personally, I don't, I, I enjoy it. I mean, there are very long lulls in it because I mean, that's just part of the strategy. You, try to get up there fast early and then stay there and if you don't then you just kind of ride it out and wait for that last you know end of the race push but for the sim racing aspect for our coke our uh our charlotte motor speedway race we just had two weeks ago i really enjoyed that length the length of the race really helped with the the stages also because normally our regular length races we don't have a green green flag pit stop under the stage we don't so with that longer longer race, our stages were longer, which required us to pit under green during both stage one and stage two, and then the typical green flag pits in the lap final stage as well. I really enjoyed that. Now, I do know we had a poll in the Discord to ask, you know, was it considered that we might have longer races, you know, next season or a season, you know, a couple seasons out, whatever it may be. And it was overwhelmingly positive that everyone liked that longer race. Now, I will say, did it kind of suck at the time being? Yeah, it was, you know, it's it's something you got to mentally prepare for, for sure. Um, but overall, I really think that the longer race length 
personally was was awesome it was it was a great experience it was phenomenal for strategy mm-hmm. um and i was i was definitely worn out after it i i definitely have to agree with you there and the point of the the pitting under green flag during the first two stages of like you said during our normal races we don't um typically pit during those first two stages and it's reserved usually for that last stage and we pit whatever it's halfway through that last stage or what it be um but for this race that we just had it was 265 laps total we had first stage at lap 75 and i believe second stage was at lap 150 so 75 and 75 and then you run those last 115 laps um, on 80 percent fuel load having to stop during the green flag each time really added a lot of strategy to it and i think that's what a lot of um, our drivers enjoyed and the reason we got a lot of our good feedback well, and, you know, to build off that, Stephen, you, you revealed uh, during your podium interview, uh, you beat me by that one spot, uh, but you revealed during that, yeah, typical, please, <laughs> hey, we'll be going back and forth, and we'll, we'll get that into, into that a little later uh, tonight, but Stephen, you revealed that you were actually uh, sick, you actually mentioned that you thought about starting and parking just to get the points. You knew it was going to be a long race. How did you stick it out? How could you uh, put yourself in that mental space of being uh, ill but still wanted to go through our longest race of the year with all the strategy, with everything else going on? Well, I mean, going into it, like, I didn't even want to race, like you said. I I, I really did just want to start and park it. Um, But I thought, what would Michael Jordan do? You know, he had his flu game. I had no. I'm not going to give you a spiel about that. <laughs> to be honest, once once I got started and I sat down after qualifying, I drank two bottles of water right before the race, got in the chat with Adam and uh, Gavin, and just locked in, essentially. Um, changed my mentality, and I was like, you know what? Like, I enjoy this. Why would I just stop? Um, if I can do it, I'm going to do it. Um, got a great night's sleep after it, uh, thankfully, but... No, it was just a lot of fun, and just the the group of guys that we have, um, not just in Next Level, but within the whole league, um, the Buck Kicker Cup Series, it, they're just great guys, and it's just a lot of fun to race with each and every one of them. Um, they each bring something different, which which adds variety. It makes me want to stay around and just be a part of it. Um, so, really, just the group of guys that we have. Yeah, I I could definitely agree. This has been a fantastic fantastic season one for any league honestly like even compared to the other league that we were in in wicked like season one was definitely it was a rough season one it was it definitely was i mean it cleaned up and it got better near the end but this granted a lot of the people we're racing with um we've raced with before so like it's we know how they race we know how they drive we know how respectful they are but like all the other guys coming in all our newer drivers that like some of us know some of us don't know like everyone is doing a great job and the racing has been extremely close overall through the field. Now you still have, you know, a couple of your dominating drivers. You have Ronnie Norman, you have Gavin Rogers. I mean, they're they they're always gonna be number one and two pretty much every race. It's just they're they're really, really good drivers, and it's gonna be hard to catch them. But after that, I mean at least the next ten drivers are very close in skill and we're all battling for position. And it's it has. It's been a fantastic season. It's been a lot of fun. It's probably been the the funnest league that I've been a part of yet so far um, in the year and a half I've been back in uh, iRacing. 
Oh, definitely. And Richard, I'm going to build on top of that. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where, yes, this is a simulation, a game, whatever, gets you out of it, out of the real world for a little bit, lets you experience something different. Um, me personally, this league, uh, Adam, Gavin, you yourself, Steven, we have Rev as a race controller. You guys have, have something special here. Like, going to the races is one thing, wanting to race. But not only that... I want to practice. I want to practice around you guys. I want to put in laps. You guys, this whole league, this whole experience, this season so far has made me want to put in laps. Like, not just race, uh, but just compete. Be around you guys. You know, I get out of my Tuesdays, and even if I have a bad night, I can talk to you guys, you know, shoot the stuff a little bit here and there, and I, I it's a better day. It, it just, this, this... Just to build off what you said, Richard, this group of guys is something special. And I think as a season one, BRB is locked onto something and is super special and is really important to keep as we progress and hopefully continue on. I couldn't agree more. Carl, Go ahead. You Richard. just want to practice you just want to practice so you can beat Borbell. We know. We know. <laughs> just 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 say it out loud, all right? You just want to beat Borbell. It's fine. Well, I have I have Borbell on my list. Uh, I got to make sure I beat Buzzio. Uh, no offense, boss. Um, boss. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, Gavin and Ronnie are obviously uh, the the tier, the top, the cr the cream of the crop. And you know, funny, I was working on some stats today between Gavin and Ronnie Norman. After four races, they have led over seventy percent of the laps between the two of them. Yeah, I don't doubt that at all. I don't that's, doubt that at all. That's something else. And I guess just to circle back to uh, what you were saying, Carl, of of you're wanting to be here, you're wanting to practice, and I think that's um, something that Adam um, Adam Buzio has instilled since day one of creating this. At the end of the day, we're all family here. Um, doesn't matter where you come from, what's your background. It doesn't matter. You're here to race, and you're here to have fun, and we're all here to do that. We're all here to help each other, whether that's practicing all together, giving you little tips and tricks there. I know Gavin is very um, outgoing and he, he's not scared to share what he's running, what lines are working for him and what aren't. doesn't mean it's going to work for you, but he, he will give you all of the information you need to succeed. Um, and I think a lot of people here do that. And it's, it's really great to see. And uh, hopefully we can just keep building off of that. Yeah, I oh. think uh, one thing Adam can definitely show you what not to do is speed in pits. <laughs> oh, you yeah, had to bring that, that up, huh? <laughs> Poor <laughs> Adam. That's actually <laughs> a good segue. Yeah, he, uh, Adam uh, speeds early. And speaking of the green flag pit stops during the first stage, Adam speeds early. He has to go serve a penalty. He spends 75% of the rest of the race one lap down. All At right. At least one lap down, yeah. At least one lap down. And then he's able to come back with a top 10. Well, he actually finished in seventh. He missed out on those stage points, but he actually finished in seventh on the lead lap. Beating so, yes. Eking <laughs> out Richard. See, see yeah, how yeah. that works. And Richard doesn't have the excuse that he blew an engine this time. <laughs> his, his whole thing hey. going into Charlotte. He's blowing an engine. He didn't blow an engine in Charlotte, but... <laughs> drives a Chevy. Just, just for reference, okay. I have blown two engines so far this year. Neither have been my fault, okay. One was caused by Adam. 
Hey, hey, you know what? You were driving the car. It's all your fault, Richard. Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. It was my fault. I, I, I retract all my statements. My blown engines, my fault. Not not everybody else. It's, it's all good. My fault. I'm a bad driver. Uh, there you go. There you go. You all heard it here in the episode one of the Holler podcast. Flip it, chat! <laughs> All right, so to get back into that race, uh, we'll just go ahead. Gavin Rogers got his second victory of the year. Like we said, Gavin and Ronnie are dominating this season. Speaking of Ronnie, Ronnie Norman took second place, then battling back and forth. Uh, I got my first podium of the year, which felt really good um, in one of those long races. And then rounding out the top five, we got Carl over here in fourth, beating him by that one spot typically ends that way um it's either carl beating me by one spot or me beating him by one spot um i'm not afraid to wreck him for that one spot but <laughs> he's proven it he has definitely proven that we've got a rivalry brewing uh, it's, a, it's as friendly as a rivalry can be it really is <laughs> and then nick just finished out that top five um spot and gavin like you were saying um carl about the 75 percent uh, of the laps we've run this year have been led by gavin or ronnie Gavin led 120 of those 265 laps in this race. Um, Ronnie led 67. So them together, 187 of the 265 laps they led. Um, pure domination by both of them. It, it's really impressive to see what they do here and there um, each week. Uh, and, and we already know they're going to keep it up. It doesn't matter what kind of track it is. And I know we're going to get into it once we get to those road courses. We all know how good Gavin is at those road courses. It is literally always Chase Gavin at those road courses. Um, I'm I'm interested to see how Ronnie is on the road courses. I have no idea, um, but if he's half as good as he is on ovals, he'll be fine. Well, and and that's going to be fun to watch going forward because we've had already a pretty healthy mix of tracks within our first four races. We've had Daytona Race One, uh, Nashville Super Speedway, which is kind of like a Super Speedway short track if you think of it that way. Uh, then we had Bristol, the last great Coliseum, half miles, super high banks, uh, really fast. Uh, we know how that ended uh, with a little bit of drama controversy, uh, but with Ronnie squeaking out the win there. And then we had a mile and a half Charlotte. So with the first four races, we've had a really good um, mix of tracks in terms of confederations, and the wins are e even two and two. So going into the road courses, this uh, Coda will be actually uh, the this after week after Dover. Uh, we have Coda coming up, and that is a really fast technical track that could be very interesting to see which one of those two prevails over the other. I agree. Well, yeah, it really just depends on uh, who likes turtles and who doesn't want to hit them. <laughs> I don't know. Are are the turtles um, in the scan of the track in I racing? I have not he raced Coda. I think I actually don't think the turtles are, uh, but I do know that if you upset the car even a little bit in Coda, it can get very squirrely very quick because it definitely uh, gets hot in Texas. Doesn't matter the time of year. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Richard, moving on to you, you did finish ninth in that last race. Do you remember? I know it's been sixteen days now. Do you remember your performance? And, and I guess take us through your performance. Were you happy with it? Were you upset? Uh, you didn't blow your engine, so you don't have as big, an, big of an excuse as you normally do. Um, but just take us through that. 
Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I didn't blow my motor, finally. So I'm two of three now for motors blown in the races that I've participated in because I did miss Bristol, sadly. But, uh, I mean, early on, I felt I felt good early on. Uh, I mean, I was able to get up. I was able to lead a lap or two at least. Um, and I was I was running up there in the top five. Um, I, there were some issues with green flag pit stops where a caution came out right after I got my pit stop done, and it caused... You know, go to lap down to kind of get yeah twice. It happened twice, okay? <laughs> Not once, twice. Happened twice. We pit under green, and then a caution right as we we're getting out of pits. It's like, ugh, Lady Luck was not on our side. <laughs> so, um, I feel the first one was early enough in the race where it didn't really matter as much, but that second one is what really kind of dialed in the rest of the race performance for me because I think I actually had to not pit once to get a wave around to get my lap back, which kind of ruined the strategy up with having tires. So I, I just, I didn't have anything that I could do near the end there. So, um, I do feel like I had a potential for a top five possibility. I was quick enough to do that, but it just due to some unfortunate situations that were obviously beyond my control. Uh, it just kind of didn't work out. So, um, it's definitely I've definitely improved in the past year and a half from when I started to now. I've I've learned tire saving is is I've I've learned how to do that a lot better. I've learned how to pace myself a lot better. So um overall I'll say the performance at Charlotte, I I didn't do terrible. I I'm happy with my performance based on the luck that we had. No, and definitely and just looking I scrolled down real quick um to check on the stage points because I noticed you had twelve bonus points in the race. And you had eleven stage points, which Ties you for Car or with Carl actually, um, for the was that fourth most bonus points in the race. So obviously you had a solid race, a very solid race. Um, obviously didn't get the finishing position like uh, you wanted just due to the unfor uh, unfortunate strategy you had to take. Goodness, um, words are hard. They are very hard. <laughs> they really are, especially today. Um, but to to come away with forty points, um, that puts you six and points for the race like i feel like that's a very solid race for for what happened and what transpired um throughout it for you yeah like i said i i don't remember where i finished in stage one that's where i got the majority of those stage points because i think in stage two i finished like seventh or eighth something like that mm. um but no it was overall it was a, a solid solid race I'm, I'm i have no no bad sayings about my performance on that race it's just two unfortunate cautions right after a green flag pit just kind of really upset the strategy and what uh what we had going forward for me and Carl. So it just Definitely. looking forward to, you know, more races, you know, better strategy, hopefully. <laughs> Maybe some uh not, you know, wrecks right after I pit kind of situations again. There's so, only so much you can control there. But Yeah, that is the downside. You have well, we have twenty drivers out there. I mean, you can't. You can only drive one car out of twenty. So exactly. So now, Carl, we'll move on to you. You finished fourth, one position right behind me. <laughs> Take us through your race, how you went. You, you know, honestly, I practiced a lot for that race. I must have put in, oh, I don't know, three hundred, three hundred fifty laps of practice. I, I must have. Uh, a couple of sessions that Adam put up, uh, like we mentioned, the practice, um, put a put a ton of laps there. Um, got on before the session started, put even more laps in. I was feeling super confident, and really, 
I I think the race went exactly how I wanted it to go. Um, I knew there was going to be some adversity, even if it was going to be caused by myself. Uh, but I, I recovered from that. Um, I was able to um, maintain a decent track position. Honestly, stayed within the top 10. Uh, got stage points. Um, I, I think I had the same issue Richard had. Is I didn't have the stage 2 that I wanted. I think I finished 8th or ninth or something in stage 2 versus my 4th place finish, I think, in stage 1. So that really kind of hurt my points, but I was also able to lead a lap, and leading a lap gives you one extra bonus point, so that helps. I've been, uh, honestly, the only race I haven't led a lap in so far has been Bristol, and so uh, I, I have a feeling this is my greatest, my best start to a season in any league anywhere, so I'm hoping to maintain that momentum going to Dover. Right there with you. Yeah, uh, very good start of the season for you. I've been very um, impressed of what I've been seeing. Um, out of you and hope it continues for you hope you didn't just jinx yourself there uh, <laughs> oh, I, I already know i did so I, as I long think as I i'm just... not behind him under a yellow that's very true <laughs> oh you know what's gonna happen then you're gonna be behind me i'm gonna spin out on a turn two you're gonna be right behind me blow your engine it's done you, here's the All thing it. you don't need anybody to spin yourself out under oh, caution, I okay i'm my own worst enemy <laughs> speaking about spinning out under yellow oh, of the yeah. week. Yeah, I nominate myself for this, by the way, because this is a whole different... This proves, even under caution, you got to pay attention. 100%. Carl, real quick, what is our Meatball of the Week? Just so uh, so, know. so the Meatball of the Week, uh, if you didn't catch our race last week, we were under caution. Uh, myself and a lot of the field were coming back out of uh, Pit Road onto the backstretch, and... I can't remember what I was talking about. I was looking over some of my race strategy, talking with Richard. And next thing you know, I look down and I see this bright white bumper in front of me. And I'm like, wait a minute, that shouldn't be there. And I just realized, oh, I caught up to the field already. And instead of wrecking, because uh, I think it was Ronnie that was in front of me. Instead of wrecking Ronnie, I was like, you know what? If I'm going to make a really dumb move, I hope I only hurt myself. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it looks like you have it pulled up here, Stephen. Let's yeah. take a look at what happened here. Go ahead. Roll the film. <laughs> so, in case you guys uh, don't know, the meatball of the week is uh, something we're going to do every podcast. We're going to talk about a situation in the race where it's just kind of like, lack of a better way to say it, a bonehead move. Like, it's literally just poking a little fun. It's just like a whoopsie-daisy that our drivers did. We're not, we're not trying to downgrade anybody by any means, so... Carl, if, if you feel offended, I'm sorry. Too bad. Get over it. Um. Take it up with HR. And I am HR. Uh, that's great. <laughs> well, let's take a look at what Carl's nomination is. Uh, in Wickenburg, Arizona. Proud week. sponsor here. Oh, we've got somebody <laughs> in the wall. That's Gavin <laughs> Rogers. Is that Rogers? So, FI, this is compliments oh, of virtualracing.network. Like Our broadcasters on Tuesday right nights there. with absolutely fantastic coverage, exactly not only of the race action, but of our meatball of the week. Here you see uh, the number 71 myself coming up, and all of a sudden, I close. And there it is. I I was not paying attention, and I figured it'd be better to take myself out than anyone else. I made sure that uh, the wall and I were on um, intimate terms. Truly a heroic move by not taking their channel talking to him out. Because I I, I remembered vaguely um, from that race. I was I think I came out of the pits first or second, whatever. 
and, and I see this car that just slams into the outside of the wall. We're under caution. We're you don't need to be going that fast. Like I, I don't know what 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 got into you. Did your cat step on the gas pedal? Uh, what it was. So I, I have to agree with you for the meatball of the week is definitely Carl Pooler. Um, <laughs> it's unfortunate that it happened, but you bounced back. You finished fourth. It turned it turned into a good day for you. That could have easily derailed your whole performance oh easily and you know especially when you're you're not paying attention and you make a mistake and then you're honest to god you make a mistake at least personally for me i don't want to have anyone else pay for my mistake i made a really dumb mistake and if if i have to hit the wall in my own day but that's all i end for making a really dumb mistake then i feel like i i help the field uh take care of one weapon and save everyone else so uh that that's just my philosophy on that situation I, I sure will say, appreciated it. At least that was a tutorial <laughs> of what not to do under caution. Exactly. So. And, and let me tell you, you should have been a fly on the wall of the Discord channel because, like, I'm just sitting here, like, doing my pit stop, and all of a sudden I hear <laughs> Carl screaming profanities, and I'm like, what just happened? What? He's, he is so pissed off, so angry. I'm like, bro, what happened? And he's like, I just wrecked. I'm like, it's a caution. What do you mean you just wrecked? <laughs> I, I know that caution. I was like, yeah, I know it's a caution. I'm so angry at myself as I just did this under caution. Oh, it man. To the best of us, especially with those next gen cars, they're, they're really difficult sometimes. And especially, I mean, for, for those of y'all that don't know, last season in uh, Wicked Racing League, Carl, I think we were on a green flag pit cycle. Carl was coming out of pit road and uh, hit a bump, wrecked out of nowhere. And it, and it was Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte has a couple of those bumps coming out of the pits, but you were way, way past that this time. So I don't want to give that. That was, I think that was the recruitment race we had. Uh, it was earlier on in the off season it was a recruitment race. Cause I was, you know, itching. I wanted to help get things going <laughs> and I was just messing around and I did not realize that as Charlotte, you come out of the pit stall. Cause I had either the first or sec or the second or third pit stall. I qualified really well for that uh, race. I'm coming out and on the inside next to the grass coming out of pit stall in turn one, there's a massive, massive bump. You bottom out. And if you gun it just a little bit, you're turning around, and that's exactly what I did. I absolutely love Charlotte, but right now, that's two meatball moments <laughs> for me in the season. So, yeah, oh. definitely uh, interesting experiences. That's true. I hope you learned something now. For cause I'm sure next season we're going to come back to Charlotte, and I, I really don't want to give you the meatball again that week. Um, you, you know what? If I have to carry that flag, I'll take one for the team. It's fine. We appreciate you for that. <laughs> well, at least we did figure out one thing: is that the next gen cars cannot be used in the rally cross racing. So, <laughs> I, I think we're... <laughs> definitely not. But with that, we will move on from last race, and we will take a look at our current standings right now. Uh, your top three, actually, your top four look very familiar. It, it was the top four from our last race, um, slightly different order. So we got Ronnie leading the way with 216 points. Gavin, not too far behind with 202. Uh, myself, a, a, a gap away at 176. Um, and Carl running up fourth with 164. And Adam with 160 in fifth. Um, so our top 10 right now, looking pretty solid. If you look right there at 11th, do you see uh -huh. who that is? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I believe he is in this call right now. Um, Richard, I know you missed a race. You're only 11 points back. That That's that's very easy to, to do. 
um, to get back really quick. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I'm honestly, I am shocked. I'm only 11 points shy of the cut line, like missing Bristol. That's, that's a, that's a donut. That's a donut in points. That's no points. And here we don't have a drop week. Like, so you don't get a drop that zero points. You don't see everybody else points come down. Like you don't get that here. So I, I'm not going to lie. I am. It's a breath of fresh air to see my name right there on 11th, (laughs) just shy of the cut line at only 11 points. Yeah. That I'm going to tell you now, that is what bonus points helps with. That is what your stage points helps with. That's what leading a lap helps with. Cause I think I have had at least stage points at least once in every single race this season so far. Definitely. And, and they do come in handy, especially as we get closer to um, the cutoff. Those bonus points are going to show the difference. Um, with you missing that race, yeah, that hurts that donut. Um, but those bonus points will will get you back there and some. Um, so it is important you don't miss any more, really, if uh, you want a fair shot. But <laughs> we understand things come up. Can't help my real job, man. Actually, actually, Richard, here. <laughs> um, I hate to correct you on this, but you Shut did up, Carl, not I don't get any bonus points Shut at up, Carl, Nashville. I don't want to hear it. Ooh, Shut up, Carl! I don't want to hear it. <laughs> that just goes to prove my point. You got twelve bonus points less, or I'm sorry, sixteen days ago at Charlotte, you're eleven points out. That if you can be consistent in the stages, you can definitely make that up. Definitely. Yeah. And, and yeah, I was Nashville. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause I was taken out literally like lap four or five with a blown motor. Go figure, which put me two laps down. Cause you have to tow to the freaking pit lane. And I was like, Oh cool. I'm going to start this long ass race with two laps down. That's great. And, and then it was just unfortunate luck there from, from that point on after that, because I just, every time I was in a lucky dog position, I was like, yeah. And then I was involved in the wrecks. I was like, no. <laughs> so Carl, you're sitting in fourth. We talked about how good of a season you have been starting out with so far. Are you happy with fourth right now? Um, what is that about? getting close to 60 points behind Ronnie and first, but we're not going to worry about that. Fourth is very solid. 60 points up on the cut line, uh, 71 above Richard, but oh, wow. how, how do you, how do you, wow. feel so it comes with a couple of mixed, uh, responses. Uh, first of all, I'm a spot behind you and that really bothers me. So, uh, I got <laughs> to fix that. Um, <laughs> I don't think I will. That's not going to happen. (laughs) That's not going to happen. But no, uh, Ronnie and Gavin being up there, um, we mentioned it earlier, they're going to be so hard to beat. Um, Adam Adam had a rough race last week. He he missed out on stage points. He got an early speeding penalty. That's a rare form of Adam. Uh, He's going to be up there in the top 10, in the top five, stage in, stage out, race in, you know, you name it. He's going to be there. Um, So that four point cushion isn't a cushion for me. That's I need to uh, if I want to stay in front of Adam, I definitely need to put in the work and get the stage points. But man, Adam is is a one of those really good drivers. He had he had a bad luck last week, but that's he's not going to have that two weeks in a row. Um, Dover, I know he really likes Dover. I personally struggle at Dover. Um, concrete tracks, it's I just cannot. Uh, Richard actually kind of hit on it. Tire saving, tire wear. I cannot figure it out on those concrete tracks. I don't understand. It's either I don't save enough and I burn up my stuff, or I save up too much and fall too far back and can't make passes. And 
Dover can be kind of known for that. If you don't have the ideal line, you're you're just going to lose a ton of time, lap after lap, if you're not careful. So, um, going in, into fourth, I am pretty happy with it, um, considering uh, my Daytona. I've had four straight four finishes. Uh, yeah, Jeez. so that's. Yeah, I'm sorry, not three, because I finished uh, 15th, 16th in Daytona due to wreck on the last uh, wreck. But other than that, Nashville, fourth place. Bristol, fourth place. Uh, Charlotte, fourth place. Forever um, fourth. Forever fourth. You know, Adam had a thing with third, so maybe maybe we can make a new meme out of that. But I think fourth is, uh, considering where we have been, um, really good for me, considering. All right, good deal. So, looking at that top two... We talked about them earlier, Ronnie Norman and Gavin Rogers, pulling away a little bit. They're in their own little stratosphere right now. Do y'all see anyone being able to battle, get up there in points, and, and potentially challenge one of them for the regular season championship? Man, that's... Honestly, currently, I'm going to say with the four races under our belt right now, no. Those guys, they are on another level. They yep. they really are. They are doing phenomenal. Uh, I mean, like I said, his first first season I've raced with Ronnie. I don't know him other than here now. Uh, and I mean, we had an interesting little thing that happened at Bristol, from my understanding. So that was fun to watch, I guess. But uh, I mean, Gavin, every every race that guy has dominated, like in every league that I've raced with him. So. Currently, the way everything is right now, it's it's going to be rough to like challenge them guys later. Like and, it's just, it's going to be rough, and it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm going over this. So there's 24 bonus points available per race. You know, 10 for each stage, leading a lap, pole position, leading the most laps, and winning a race. Gavin has hit that once. He's the only one who have a perfect race with all 24 points. Wait, you get a bonus point for winning the race? Yes, you do. I found that out uh, doing some statistical homework for the BRB Butt Kicker Racing Series podcast. So, um, with that being said, it's going to be very difficult to catch those guys up. Because not only are they fast in the short run, they're fast in the long run. They are on it with strategy. They are almost untouchable with how they're approaching the races up to this point. They're going to have their own battle of the championship. I think it is the, the, the fun race, the fun championship you're going to watch is who's going to get that third spot. Now we mentioned it. We have a couple, we have a road course uh, coming up in a couple of weeks that could change it. But with what we've seen with the variety tracks, we've seen this will be a pretty standard uh, vision of what we are seeing um, on the points. Now I do have to give a shout out to Bill Hayes. He finished really, really well at Daytona and he's used those points to his benefits. Um, he has slowly lost positions uh, through the rest of these races, uh, which is unfortunate, but um, FYI, if uh, you don't know, uh, Bill is definitely battling a sickness right now. Um, he, he doesn't know how much he's going to race, but I really, really hope uh, he can find some time to race and get that strength because he's really fun to race against. And I would love to see Bill Hayes uh, get into that championship race in the top 10 towards the playoffs and see what he could do with that. Yeah, I do do wish Bill Hayes a speedy recovery. He is definitely. he's He's really awesome to race around on the track. He's very respectful driver and everything like that. So... Um, I mean, he's definitely 
taking his time right now. He's not going to be racing with us until he starts to feel better. But we do wish him a speedy recovery, and we can't wait to see him back out on track for sure. That's exactly it, guys. That's what it's all about. We said we're a family, and uh, Bill, I know we've only known each other for a couple of months, but definitely we want to get you better. We want to see you on the track and see you racing. So, uh, miss you, buddy. We'll be thinking about you each week as we continue out through here, uh, Bill. Um, but to get the last part of our standings uh, recap going through, looking at the standings as they are right now, if the chase started right now, who is one driver that's currently outside of the chase that you see making the chase and who do they replace? Well, um, I will say this bill Hales, He will be dropped out of that top 10. So that will effectively currently move me into the top 10. So I would be technically in the chase. I, um, well, it started today, wouldn't it? But fair. Well, in that case, then me, you you know what um i I, uh practiced with this guy for charlotte race he had his first race at charlotte he showed a lot of speed a lot of composure i'm gonna call out my uh buddy my buddy patrick hernandez seems like a really cool guy he had a lot of speed He, he i think he needs to work on the long run a little bit even he admitted he's not so great at saving those tires but if he can get that figured out, he's going to be a top 10 power throughout the rest of the season. I can almost guarantee it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. He 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 came in with his first race last week, and he surprised me. I didn't know what to expect out of um, the guys that ran the first race with us. Who was it? So we got Christian, Patrick, Matthew, and Dustin, um, in addition to Brendan and Cameron. I believe all of them ran their first race at Charlotte. Um, correct me if oh. I'm wrong. No, no, you're right, and I hate to interrupt you, Stephen, but uh, Dustin, if you're watching this, it totally sucks that you lost internet at the end of that race. You had a really good speed. He's another one of those drivers. If you can get that connection figured out, you've got to watch out for him, too, because he's really respectful and really fast, too. And to jump on top of that also, like, on a real answer of sitting outside the bubble, like, besides my, uh, me, I'm going to say if he can fix his internet, like, this guy, he – he did put a lot of work in just to be able to join the league. I'm going to say Zachary King. I, I feel he has got some actual speed. If he can learn to save his tires a little bit better, and if he can get his internet squared away, I think Zach is going to be a really good competitor in the league. I agree. And like you said, he did work very hard to um, to bring his I rating up. So I rating, for those of y'all that don't know, it's basically just a a skill rating that a driver is given based off their performance in um, ranked online races. Uh, I know Zach worked really hard for weeks, if not months, um, to get that up to our um, lower threshold that we require um, to enter the league. And it has definitely paid off. Um, He came into Daytona, he was fast. Um, He came into Nashville, he was fast. Um, And he keeps working out there. Um, And like we said, we're all family here. We're all trying to let each other succeed, make each other succeed. And he has definitely um, impressed me with his work ethic and his, his want to, to get better and to get there. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I know he's caused a couple incidents on track and, you know, you see it in real life on NASCAR. You see rookie drivers getting their feet wet and, you know, doing some of the things and, you know, if you're going to learn sometimes some of these people, the way they learn is they got to make those mistakes Instead of being told what to do and how to do it, 
they need to learn what not to do. And if they can avoid that, then they have a big, almost a better, bigger foundation to build off of. If they know what to avoid, they can, you know, stay away from that and learn what to build off of. And I think uh, you mentioned it, Stephen, with that work ethic, with that passion, uh, he's always asking questions. He is always, you know, in the discord. He's in the practices, you know, asking everything from uh, force feedback, break bias, opinion, you name it. He's wanting to learn it. And he is definitely up there and has that passion for the sport. So this, that's going to be fun to watch uh, develop throughout and the he's- season. He is still young also. Like oh, he's still you. learning along with his along with just PCs in general. Like he's still learning. So like he he is. He's very, very adamant of trying to learn, try to get better. And it's 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 great to see. Like that's I, a lot of the guys here that we're racing with, they're they're here to learn. They we're all here to learn. We're all here to get better. And Zach, he is one. He's put in a lot of work. He put a lot of work to be able to join. And as long as I see him getting his internet fixed. I think he could be that that underdog that just shows up out of nowhere and makes the chase just out from under everybody's feet. Definitely. It, w- it would be a really good feel-good story um, of being such a raw talent that he is. So we got to see how that plays out um, over these next couple weeks or uh, months or so. So let's move on to next week's race, boys. We already <laughs> highlighted it earlier, Carl. Uh, it is Dover. Uh, next Tuesday, January 9th at 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we will be headed to Dover for the K1 Speed 175. Let me pull that up real quick. All right, I did get the number right with just guessing. So, Carl, you already gave a little insight to how you feel about concrete tracks um, and what you do and don't like about it. Can, can you give us any more detail um, of what you're expecting for Dover? Oh, Dover, it, it is the Monster Mile, and it lives up to its name. It's concrete all the way around. It can get very, very bumpy. Um, uh, it's very long corners. It's I, I want to say the straightaways are almost the same as like Bristol and Martinsville, per se. But the corner diameter, the length of those corners are absolutely just astronomically long, in my opinion. You you turn into the corner, and and I'll even say this as Charlotte. You turn into you know one or three, you get into it, you get on the throttle, you arch out. Dover's not like that. You got to be really careful about Dover, um, especially on corner exit. The way the track moves, the elevation changes uh, on corner exit, especially turn two. Your car wants to lift up because it flattens out, and you start losing a little bit of that rear grip. That destroys the rear tires. And so that makes you want to kind of attack the corner a little bit better so you have a better corner off, but then you do that, and it destroys the right front. So it's, it's one of those where you have to be perfectly balanced. And then to add on top of this whole uh, amalgam of absolute issues that you have with Dover, there's multiple lines. You can have a really late exit, have an apex and shoot off, or a lot of people, especially as the tires start to wear, you diamond it. You hit the apex off one, you kind of float up in the middle of one and two, come down, exit two, and you have a straighter exit. It, it, whoever can survive the monster mile will have the win of the race at the end of the day. And, and yeah, man, it is, it is the monster mile. Like it, it a lot of drivers, I, it's, it's a hard track to learn. It's a hard to track to master. And 
you know, along with the banking on the turns and how long those turns are, those straightaways aren't really that flat. It might flatten out more than what the turns are, but those straights are not flat. They are a banked straightaway also. So not only, you know, that this the track is like an ice rink. That is a loose track. And for for myself, like I, I already struggle with tire saving. And when it comes to a concrete track that's also loose as all get out, like tire saving becomes just a necessity at Dover. Because if you can't save your tires, you're not saving your car. You will be hitting that wall a lot. You'll be spinning a lot. That inside wall isn't very friendly either. So I feel, I mean, we've had a lot of really great racing, a lot of, you know, not a lot of cautions, I will say, wreck-involved cautions throughout the season so far. I'm going to knock on wood so we don't jinx ourselves. But we're coming to Dover. It's going to be inevitable. I I feel we're going to have probably the most cautions we've had this race than we have had all season so far. But that's that's just my my two cents based on other leagues I've raced in, based on last, you know, last league we were in. It just it's it happens at Dover. It's it's not an easy track to drive. I agree, and I feel like that's up to debate um, a degree. Um, I, I feel like Dover more than any other track is the the ultimate self cleaning racetrack. Of any accident is going to sweep its way down, whether it's in the straightaways or the corners, like y'all said, of how how banked even the straightaways feel. Um, but I remember not too long ago we didn't didn't struggle with cautions there. It could very well be a problem, um, but based off of having 10 during a 400-mile race, and this is only 175, um, I'm hoping that it, it looks good for us on the caution front, um, but like you said, it could easily turn into caution after caution after caution, um, and we'll just have to see. Well, yeah. and, and Dover is interesting, and, and this is... Uh... Leagues are different than opens or, you know, officials. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're getting confused, is we have a league. Um, we technically spend time. We rent out server time to run the data for our leagues. And that's, you know, league entrance, entrance fees and stuff. That's what goes to. But there's also the official series. That's what iRacing puts on uh, for, Stephen mentioned, iRating, safety rating, stuff like that. That you can compare yourself to anyone against the world in that series. The general, um, general population. <laughs> general population, exactly. And the thing I noticed about Dover is with league races, they can be a little more calm. But with the official races, there's like a lane and a half to race in. And that's it. That's down the front stretch. That's through the corners. That's through everything. I've seen half the wrecks of Dover happen on the wrecks because people think they have the space. You, you you get on the track, you look at the track, and it looks wide. It looks big. It's it's just a, it, this big thing that you're like, oh, this should be easy to race on. But you put yourself in a car, and you get two cars side by side, you already know there's not enough room there. So it, it's, it's definitely going to be a battle of attrition. And to accentuate your point, Stephen, we had one caution for incident at Bristol. Three cautions Wait. total. Is unheard of, I feel. Unheard of. Oh, absolutely unreal. League or official races, that's it. So could Dover, I feel like Dover could be a flip of that coin. It could. We could have the same amount of uh, audacity at Bristol and have that same cleanness, or it could be an absolute chaos because everyone runs at different line. Everyone has a different exit, a different entry. Uh, breaking points, I know, are huge things. So that's all going to come together uh, come Tuesday night. And... I'm going to be interested to see how this most recent update also with iRacing has with the uh, the track temperatures. 
and how that now affects the different lines of the track. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if the line changes throughout the race, because, you know, a hot line is not a good line to run. So well, we well, start seeing people run to that middle lane or that top lane to try to get some uh, little bit of extra speed. So that is an absolutely great point, Richard. And that came out right before our uh, Charlotte race, right? There's a lot of people still figuring out the, the new dynamic and everything else. We saw, especially, at least I felt, early on, the inside was the way to go. Inside was the way to go. But as the race went on, as the race progressed, as we got into the later laps of the race, it looked, at least to me, it felt like the inside grip with all that rubber started having, or the inside lane with all that rubber started having less and less grip. People on the outside lane were having that speed. But then that comes into tire save versus speed. How do you want to approach it? And Richard, with that new tire dynamic, that's going to be extremely interesting running into Dover like this because Dover can develop that outside lane. So if this new update for the tire model and the temperature and everything changes that, we're going to see a lot of people trying new stuff around that high line that you don't typically see at Dover. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out. Um, so with that, we're going to move on to our predictions for this week. I don't know who wants to start, but I'll let one of y'all start. Who do y'all see winning this race? All right, I'll go first since Carl's looking up in the sky. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm going to bring up Bristol. I feel uh, a certain strategy that was used by the driver that won Bristol might come back out again. Um, but with that said, I, I, I can't say that someone's going to be a little friendly this time. So... And, and you I, know, I Richard, could, I could see Ronnie winning this race. I could. I, I'm gonna go with Ronnie. I'm gonna have to go with Ronnie for this one. You know what? I'm gonna take the other side of that coin. Gavin Rogers. I think uh, he. Shocking. Gavin Rogers is a super. He's very calm. He's very composed. He's very focused. He's very motivated. And like you said, Richard, Bristol may give him that motivation. Um, the way Gavin races is super clean, super respectful, but you push that button hard the wrong way, he's going to show you that wall, and he has the ability to do it without wrecking himself. Um, I'm not going to say Ronnie's going to maybe play the same games because now, you know, the secret's out. It's it's kind of like the RPO or, you know, the Wildcat in NFL. After a couple weeks, people start figuring out and stop. Okay, we can't do that. We have to stop that. Um, but Gavin, over the long run, and I and I remember watching Dover uh, bringing up my broadcast days. I remember watching Dover and seeing Gavin. And, and Gavin has this unnatural, supernatural ability to save tires. He'd be going flat out max speed. No tire wear. It's Gavin. You know, whatever. Um, and, and Gavin is also one of those drivers that can take any line, work it, and learn. So I, I have a feeling Gavin, it, even if he doesn't uh, put a bumper, maybe give him the bump and run or whatever, I, I have a feeling Gavin can find the line, find the speed, and take the win uh, next week at Dover. So no, no, no shockers there from you two. <laughs> I, I'll take, I guess, a, a slight shocker um, take here. I'm going to go with Adam Buzio. Of course week. you would. <laughs> <laughs> so my reasoning, though, not just because Adam is, is, is a teammate and a friend and, and, and my boss, I guess, in one way or another. <laughs> but can, can you all remind me the last time Adam won? And this is not a slide at him. He hasn't? In my recent history, 
It, it's been a while. And, and someone as talented as he is um, just doesn't go that long on a drought. And, and from what I recall at Dover, I remember Adam being very consistent and very fast here. Yeah, Gavin and Ronnie might be faster than him, but I do think Adam will prevail and, and, and get his first win of the season, get his first win fast at least three seasons or so, and, and break his third forever curse. So. You know, Stephen, I think you're on to something. Um, I, unless someone has the uh, archives open, I do want to say that first race at Wicked Racing League at Dover, Gavin may have won that one, but I think Adam was P2. So that, that that's a solid, solid pick there. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. The long run may benefit uh gavin a little bit more but i know adam has been working on his tire saving um going into dover specifically so we'll see how that break treats everyone maybe maybe ronnie and gavin come out of the break a little rusty who knows they get into each other oh okay okay richard we we took the easy path out let's let's complicate a little bit let's say by happenstance gavin and ronnie wrecked themselves out five laps to go who's your pick you can't do that. Gavin, because he'd probably still have his fast repair. No. <laughs> and a set of tires left over, of course. Yeah, he planned for it. God damn it, of course. You you can't do that, because Gavin's going to have his fast repair, and he's still going to have really? a set of tires. It's still going to be, be Gavin, right no there. matter. Man. I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, like them two cannot win every race this year. I mean, we got to give some variety to it. Well, we have we have the road courses, we have the super speedways. Well, road um, courses, we already know. Like it's it's over. <laughs> like those we're not counting. The super speedways that you bring up, because uh, we still have Atlanta and Talladega coming. Yeah. Um. So those are real wild cards, and who knows? Maybe maybe Richard will get a win, right? Uh, you know, not <laughs> if I have anything to say about that. We'll see. <laughs> Tune into the to, into those super speed races in a couple weeks. Right there, we are. No, see that that's a good point though. Is Gavin can't win? You're right. And you know, I, I've been racing on sim for two and a half years now. Uh, I've raced a half dozen leagues. There's usually one guy that stands out. One guy that everyone is trying to beat. It's it's really rare that you even find two people that are sharing the wins, sharing the laps, sharing the points. So, I mean, honestly, again, that just goes back to how lucky we are with the drivers that we have. We have two people battling for that top spot. And Richard mentioned it, that, you know, second to tenth, second to twelfth, whatever, that can shake up at any time. That gets really crazy, especially during the stage when you see people coming and going. It, it it's it could be very interesting, especially with the super speed races. Definitely. So that will do it for uh, our segment over next week's race. Be sure to tune in to next week's race on YouTube by going to virtualracing.network's channel on Tuesday, January 9th at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. I don't know about Mountain Time and Pacific Time. You got to figure that out. Um, a link to the race will also be made available on our Facebook page the day of the race. So don't forget to like our page and you'll never miss any of our announcements. So we're going to change gears now from the butt kicker cup series that we love so much to real life NASCAR. And our first topic, this is not new news by any means, but this is our first episode and it was big news in the NASCAR community. We are going to start off with the new body styles coming for Ford and Toyota 
So Ford, we have the Ford Mustang Dark Horse, and Toyota, we have the new 2025 Toyota Camry. Is that correct? Yes, it is. It'd be 24. It's off, no, it's based off the 2025 Camry. The 25, okay. Yeah. So let me get those images up for us. Or you could just call it the Prius GT. The Prius GT. <laughs> you say that, and it really obviously does look like a current version Prius, but I, I guess we can start there with the Toyota. I thought I was going to hate it more um, from the first promotional image that I saw from it. It looked it looked terrible. Um, but seeing the the recent test at Phoenix, uh, who was it? Was it Eric Jones that I think was out there? Um, in his oh, yeah. Health Toyota Camry. And it did mm -hmm. not look RPM. that bad. It's different, though. I... Okay. So... And I'm sorry, Rich. I'm gonna I'm gonna go off first on this. It doesn't look bad. Okay, it doesn't look bad. Yes, the Mustang looks super sick. I, honestly, I want to go to the dealership and buy one right now. I don't have that money, but I want to buy it. Screw it. It looks that good. Um, one thing that's scary about Toyota, and everyone likes to dish on Toyota. I I personally think I love Toyota and NASCAR. I think they were great for the sport. I think they're sneaky too. Um, they can win the super speedway races. They can win anywhere else despite having a third of the rest of the field in terms of teammates, in terms of resources, stuff like that. Looking at the mass differences of each car there, I'm actually curious to see what a Toyota has found in the wind tunnel to give them that kind of... Because it doesn't look great. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't want to drive a Camry. I'd rather drive a Ford. But what did Toyota find in the offseason in the past couple of years in the wind tunnel to make this change to make them competitive? I'm really curious to see how that turns out. And and about like that also, how you said like they have a third of the field like when it comes to resources and teammates. And to kind of talk about that a little bit, Legacy Motorsports has gone from Chevy to, to Toyota. Mm -hmm. Like that is huge. So now... I did. We did see the wrapped cars at the uh, at the Phoenix test with the Toyotas. They they looked better. I won't say they looked good. They looked better. I still don't think it's a good looking car. But yeah, they maybe there's something that they found in the wind tunnel, like Carl was saying, that might give them that edge. Because we all know at the start of last year they changed all the body styles up. Because of, you know, for some reason, something was found probably that gave someone an advantage and they try to, you know, even it up. But I I don't know. I The Dark Horse looks looks amazing. And especially with Ford coming out and announcing the Dark Horse first. And, you know, and kind of going off a little bit from just NASCAR, the Dark Horse is also going to be in IMSA with the GT3 class Dark Horse. And it looks just as sick as the Cup car. And then you have Toyota come out, and it's just like, hi, guys. Here's what our car is. <laughs> so, um, and even Chevy. Like, Chevy, they're not changing anything because, as we all know, the Camaro is being discontinued. So, now the question is, is what's Chevy going to do? Are they somehow going to find a loophole to keep the Camaro in, or are they going to move on to a Malibu? Like, oh, I hope which. Not. Which no, well, I mean they said it with the Monte Carlo, right? I, I mean it's Monte, not unprecedented. But the Monte Carlo was still a sports car. The Malibu is not. So well, let's, Ford, let's you it, have. Let, I mean Ford, let, you have the Mustang. You still have the muscle car. Mm -hmm. Chevy, 
you get rid of the Camaro, what do you have? The Corvette, which is now a supercar. You can't really throw that in there. Well, so, look at what Toyota's doing. Their sports car, their premier sports car is the Supra. But that's running an Xfinity series. That's a BMW. We're going to have... Gonna have <laughs> uh, by the way, Boxer Engine Subaru helped with that. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, the uh, Camry comes out, and it's your normal everyday mom-and-pop four-door sedan? Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. I'm not worried about Chevy at all. They will figure it out as they always have. Um, I, it, it is going to be interesting that you bring up Chevy because what is the car that we don't see on the on the screen right now? The Camaro. We, they didn't change anything. it. Exactly. So are they going to be as competitive? Will they have been able to make changes to the body versus the dark horse and our new Camry? You know, we have I, – I did some research on this. We have literally a month – before the Clash of the Coliseum, February 4th. Wow. Okay. Will we be able to see the changes of, especially these two cars, that early on in the season? Before the season even starts. No. Especially the Clash, you're not really going to learn anything. I mean, yeah, Martin Truex won it last year, and uh, it was Logano won it the year before. They both yeah. had good years after um, after doing so, but I, I really still don't think the, the Clash means anything. Um, it's too small of a scale for any aerodynamics to really be understood from the new body style. You're not going to see a big enough difference. Um, the real test will come uh, Daytona Speed Week or Speed Couple of Days, um, <laughs> as, as we like to call it now. Um, I, I really think Toyota will have a big benefit on the super speedways, at least. Um, flattening out that nose, I really think, is going to help them be able to push each other more. Um, not just themselves of if they want to push someone else. Uh, I feel like that's where they lacked, um, especially to RFK last year, um, specifically RFK. Uh, they were able to latch on to each other's bumpers and, and, and get through anyone. Um, Ford's front nose didn't change crazy much as in terms of flatness. The, the look and the aggressiveness definitely changed, um, which I'm sure is going to have some benefit to them. But I don't think we'll learn anything at the clash yet. No, we won't learn anything at the clash. I mean, as, as we've known the past two years of these next gen cars have been here. Now, these cars are not good at short tracks. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's nothing to they, they don't have enough power to really show anything on the short track. I mean, NASCAR took 200 horsepower away from these cars, threw them on the short track with wider tires. And it's like, all right, guys, good luck. And it's like, Oh, cool. Well, we don't have the power to get around anybody now. So this is great. Um, and the clash has just not been a good show. It's really just been okay. Who can push the person in front of you to spin them out and hit the wall? Then yeah, you got around them. I guess for an average or for a, a real diehard NASCAR fan, it might not be a good show. But I do believe for a casual fan um, and someone that's just getting into NASCAR, it, it, it's it puts on a great show in a football stadium. Um, can't ask for much more. I, I really do hope NASCAR tries to expand that, maybe nationwide, of changing it every year. Maybe one year we'll go to Soldier Field. Maybe one year we'll go to AT&T Stadium here in Dallas. Um, where else could we go? Somewhere New York City. Imagine uh, East Rutherford, uh, the Giants and Jets Stadium. Um, just to test the market. Yeah, the Meadowlands. Ch- check it out there. Of, of Test the market out there. Get okay. those people into it. What would what would you say to having a NASCAR race? Uh, let, let's just throw this out there. We're throwing some legendary names out there. We have NASCAR, we have Ford, we have Chevy. Let's throw it in with Lambo. They they already did with Soldier Field. Let's throw Lambo Field in there. Let's throw um, yeah. 
What what are the couple other ones that are big? Um, Mile High here in Denver. They've changed the name a half dozen times in the past 12 years, but that's open air. But then again, that's Colorado. Uh, that's a whole other podcast. I, I could go all about motorsports, you know, past or in the Rockies. Don't even get me started on that. But so that, that'd be another kind of demographic you could reach here as well. So I, I think, yes, it's good to see in a California, but like you mentioned, Stephen, these are football-sized stadiums. So, mm-hmm. what is stopping you from making these stops across the country? You know, Arrowhead, uh, Gillette Stadium. Uh, you name these stadiums. How cool would it be? Made. Exactly. How cool would it be? Oh, I went to Arrowhead Stadium to watch a race. Yeah. Now, I, as much as a lot of people don't like it, I thought the Chicago Street Race was. Awesome. For sure. I thought that was a great show. The racing was fantastic. The rain added a whole new aspect to it and made it even more dramatic and awesome. I think no. no. (laughs) But like imagine going to other street races. Seattle. In in theory, I love it. I, I do think there there are a lot more obstacles with those street course races. Um it's great that it's a point race and it, it really matters for those um, demographics and those locations. It, it's a, it's a race that matters. It's not a clash. It's not an exhibition race that doesn't really matter, which I think is okay um, for new, new regions to have a casual race and it doesn't have to be a points race. So there, there's more money that goes into one of those street course races. There's more logistics. There, there, it's just a whole show that they plan for so long. And I'm not saying the clash isn't, but it, it seems on the surface, at least a lot easier to put together, get with the stadium. I, I think the first class costs NASCAR a million dollars to build the track. If I'm not wrong, it's like 1.2 or something yeah. like that. But yeah, it's it's not terrible in terms of their pockets. No, exactly. In terms of their pockets, that's that's nothing. So so what's stopping them from moving that within a couple of years of here, here, here? Every year it's rotating. It, it brings in new fans. It, it brings excitement to a whole different region that NASCAR might not be able to, to attack because they don't have a, a full-size track there. It just it makes it difficult for NASCAR. I mean, you mentioned it, logistics. It's L.A. You're literally flying, driving, transporting across the country for what? An exhibition race? And then you have to go back for Daytona Speed Weeks, the biggest race of the NASCAR season. Yeah, I mean, I think things can be changed about that. Things can be discussed and maybe in terms of logistics, maybe done a little bit better. But at the same time, you open a market like L.A., you have the Coliseum, you bring out Pitbull, you bring out all these people. NASCAR's doing everything they can to bring in new fans, and you cannot fault them from at least trying. Because how many sports, how many divisions, how many different companies out there don't even try because they're too scared? Mm-hmm. NASCAR's trying, and so you have to give them credit uh, you know, from where the locales, what the events are doing, to the cars they're running, the shape and everything else. They have tried everything in their power to keep NASCAR NASCAR, but also keep it pure to NASCAR. So it's, and, and, and get those people. So I, I, 
after everything is all said and done, I think NASCAR's done really well. They've taken risks. Yes, they've caught a lot of heat for a lot of it, but I think they've also learned a lot of good things from it as well. So uh, it, it's, it's going to be very interesting. The Coliseum... It could that whole platform could be expanded, so we'll be it'll be fun to see how they work the rest of this in the next you know two, three, five years. I agree. All right, so let's move on to our next. Uh, this is newer NASCAR news. Uh, speaking of California, let me pull it up here. Rest in peace, Auto Club. Rest in oh. peace. Oh, <laughs> um, but we did have Sonoma. Sonoma Raceway recently went under a repave, a fresh coat of asphalt. I don't know the last time it was repaved. It was probably before I was born, and that's over 20 years ago now. But that, to my knowledge, I, had, I don't know when it was last repaved. But what do y'all think the repave will bring to Sonoma? Speed. I think it's going to bring a lot of speed. Really? In, in the I, hotness I... of the summer? Why do, why do you disagree, Carl? Okay. So, with asphalt, it's oil, it's grease, it's tar. It may have speed in a year or two. I think this year, when, when are they running it? In the fall? Late summer? I, I don't think the... I don't have it up, but I don't think it changed too much of dates. Um as it previously was. Y'all keep discussing. I'll look that up for it real quick. So my, my, the bottom line I'm trying to reach is it's going to sweat. It's going to weep. It's going to try. And, and then on top of that, you're going to put cars on it. They're going to have speed. They're going to have heat in the tires, heat in the engine. And they're going to press down all the gravity, all the aerodynamics. That's going to press all that fresh juice up from the asphalt. I honestly think this asphalt, unless they did something different to it, similar to Atlanta, it's going to take a year or two for it to settle, for it to gain its character, for it to gain its um, nuances, how drivers are going to be able to approach it, how to build it. I think this year, uh, a lot of these drivers are going to approach this track the way they approached the next-gen car when they came out a couple of years ago. They're going to be worried. They're going to be a little hesitant to put down that speed because there's so many new things. All the bumps you knew that were there are no longer there. But then you're going to find new bumps that weren't there in the first place. It's It could be fast, but I actually have a feeling it's going to be a little bit slower than uh, previous years. And just to confirm, Sonoma this year is on June 9th. It is Fox's last race this season. So I've never been out there in the desert in California, but that time of year, I would assume it is pretty warm. Um, maybe not this Texas heat, but... It, it will definitely lead to some interesting uh, scenarios. It will be different probably than it has been recently, um, which maybe this car could use, um, knowing that the short track package has obviously not been what people want. But I don't think the road course package has, has given it any favors as well. Um, it, it's definitely let a lot of people down, uh, myself included. But it, it adds some additional excitement into not necessarily knowing what we're going to get. And I'm excited for one to see how it plays out. Yeah, I it's going to be interesting to watch the race, see see how the drivers approach it. You know, if is it going to be slick? Is it going to have more grip? I we'll see. We'll we have to wait and see. We're never we're not going to know until the cars actually put rubber down on the track, tires you know spinning. So, 
Um, but yeah, the road course package, like you said, it's not, it's, it's like, I get what NASCAR is trying to do. They're trying to make the car a little bit more of a road course racing car to try to stay ahead of the curb. Cause there's other road course racing series out there that are getting a lot more attention now. Uh, and they're stock car series. The name one, the Trans Am series. Like that's getting more and more viewership and a lot more interest in it. And I don't know if anybody here has watched the TA or the TA2 classes race. That is that is phenomenal stock car road course racing. And I feel NASCAR is trying to stay ahead of being basically gobbled up by that in the road course sense. They're never going to be gobbled up in the oval, the oval stock car. It's not going to happen. NASCAR is the staple oval course or oval racing asphalt out there. It's, it's not going to be overtaken unless NASCAR just crumbles from underneath. Um, but I, I am, I'm, I'm excited to see what this repave does. Um, new surfaces are always, they're always fun to see. They're always fun to watch what happens except for Atlanta because they ruined a good thing. Um, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> that's your opinion. Hey, I'm, let me tell you, I, I like Atlanta still. I like watching the race now, but the old Atlanta layout, the old surface, it produced some of the best intermediate racing NASCAR has seen. It's got some of the closest finishes NASCAR has ever seen. It is. It was just an overall phenomenal track. And I think doing something what they did to Atlanta at another track, like uh, let's say Texas, um, <laughs> would have been a better option. I, I'd have to agree with you. Um, being from Dallas, born and raised, I've I've spent my fair share of time at Texas Motor Speedway, and ever since they reconfigured it, I, it's been a while now, but it, it just hasn't drawn. Um, I remember going to races back in 2005 at Texas Motor Speedway, having crowds of 200,000 plus. At, at Texas Motor Speedway, out of all places, it, it didn't it didn't seem real at the time, and and now we go and we're lucky if we get 40, 50,000 fans. Um, all of that necessarily isn't due to the uh, reconfiguration, but I do feel like a lot has to do with it. But also the the facilities there aren't as nice as they used to be. It's not as new anymore. It's and it's not even necessarily like classic like um, like a North Wilkesboro is. Um, it, it's just old and outdated. They really need to do a lot there. And and I would love the super speedway in Texas. Of it would sell so easily if everything's bigger in Texas. We put a super speedway right outside of Dallas Fort Worth that any casual fan can come to and have a great time at a super speedway. It doesn't well, matter and what, who you are. What makes that better is the location, the weather, especially you have Talladega in the spring and fall. You have the spring and fall squalls. You have Daytona spring and fall. You have the spring and fall squalls. You take Daytona either in the spring or fall. You miss the summer storms or I'm sorry, Texas. You miss the summer storms. I mean, you almost have, 300 days a year you can race there I, I will combat that in saying of we recently went to the sub not this last september race but the september race beforehand at texas motor speedway and it was 95 degrees outside and in september mm -hmm. uh, middle to end of yeah. september um even sometimes they had it in october um to try to curb that but back when they had a spring and fall race at mm -hmm. texas um it was before it got hot in april and it was also after the heat into the first or second week of November. 
Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, since those dates are kind of tied up, but they do now have just the April date, um, which I believe is going to be a good thing for Texas Motor Speedway. Um, getting rid of that September date was huge. It, it, it was unbearable of just cooking out there. And it, it was not pleasant, and hopefully it brings in more fans to those races, but we'll see. Everything's bigger in Texas. I say we put the iRacing Super Speedway in Texas. I mean, they did have the, uh, the <laughs> Texas World Speedway, which which reminds mm-hmm. me of uh, iRacing Speedway, even though it's not the same thing. It, it, it does make me think of that. But we have trashed on Texas Motor Speedway enough. Thank you, guys. Um, <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> kind of like the Cowboys. Uh, we don't have to get into that right now. <laughs> don't, tell it, don't go there. Hey, we're leading our division. That's all that matters. Uh, so, <laughs> you were giving it. Before we get too far off the, dra- uh, off the trails, off the trails, off the tracks, off, off the, the rails, <laughs> whatever I want to say here. Before we get too far off the rails here, um, let's cover our last NASCAR topic. Um over the next couple of weeks, we'll get into more predictions of who we think will make the playoffs, who will win races here and there. We're not going to get into that now. But what I do want to know is who is y'all's dark horse driver this year? Who's, who's the driver that's going to be come from middle of the pack to a top 10 or even just a playoff driver? Maybe they're a 30th place driver and they'll be on that playoff bubble. Who, who's going to be the real surprise this season? Eric Jones. That all? That's it? Just Eric Jones I, on faith. I, the reason the stars in NASCAR are the stars in NASCAR is that they're good. They're, they doesn't matter what you put them in, where you put them, they can perform. You know, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, who's not retired. Um, you name it. Uh, Martin Truex Jr., obviously my favorite. Um, stuff like that. They can get you results. Eric Jones has had a very, very... Up and down career. He did very well in Xfinity. Signed on with Furniture Row Motorsports after Martin Truex and they won that championship. Um, kind of fell short of expectations. Furniture Row fell through. He found a ride with RPM. RPM with Chevy, say, hasn't performed to the expectations. I think RPM with the new manufacturer. You have Eric Jones, the new manufacturer. You have Jimmy Johnson. You have Richard Petty. I think it's a perfect storm for Eric Jones to maybe he may not make a deep dive into the playoffs, but I think he could surprise a couple of people this season. So what do you see his ceiling for this season? Uh, I think he'll advance one round in the playoffs. So he'll make I don't the think round he's, of 12. He'll make the round of 12. I don't think he can get into eight, but if he can make the round of 12, I think that's a super successful season for Eric Jones. Do you have him making the playoffs based off of points, or is he going to win a race? I, I think he's going to win a race. It may be a road course or a super speedway, um, but I think he could win a race. Um, he does have that experience in the short courses, so maybe Martinsville, Bristol. Um, hell, let's throw North Wilkesboro in for the All-Star race. I mean, I know that doesn't count for points, but a million dollars does quite a bit to a program. So... It could be interesting seeing Eric Jones this year. I like that answer. That's a good one. I didn't think about that. What about you, Richard? Uh, you know, I'm not going to go with the driver on this one. I'm going to go with the team. Okay. Uh, y'all, y'all probably won't like this. You're probably going to completely disagree. But with the recent purchase of KBM, I think Spire Motorsports might show something this year. 
because they're getting all the resources from Kyle Busch Motorsports. That's, you know, that's equipment, that's knowledge, that there's a lot of stuff that's going to be coming with KBM, and you know how dominant KBM was in the trucks. Now, granted, that was the truck series, but I feel that might help transition to the team overall with the equipment they're going to have now. So I feel Spire could perform better this year than they have in the past couple. That's a really unique take. And I, I have to agree with you as well. Um, I like that take. Um, I'm high on Spire this year. I wouldn't say they're necessarily my dark horse pick, but I do like it. And uh, I do hope success for them. Um, onto that, I, I, this might come as a dark horse. It, it might be a little bit of cop out, but I think he's going to improve at least. Um, and no, not many people are going to like this pick. My pick is Bubba Wallace. Hear me out. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it's not a popular opinion. I know he's not a popular driver and he races. His owner is even less popular. Well, Denny Hamlin, that is, not MJ, of course. <laughs> Bubba Wallace has has impressed me um, recently. And in, in, in the steps he's taken, he what was it made the second round, almost the third round of the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he won a race the year before. This coming season, mark my words, and please clip this so you can embarrass me later when it doesn't happen. Bubba is winning two or more races this season. One might be a super speedway, and one will probably be an intermediate. I'm just, I, I just have that much faith. You know what? I can see it. They have had a couple of years of the next-gen car under the belts. They have the financial backing of Michael Jordan. They have the know-how of Denny Hamlin. And then they have the mechanical know-how of Toyota. This could be a good year for Bubba Wallace. I would have never guessed that pick, but that's a good pick. I... I think I can agree with you. I again, I don't like Bubba Wallace. He's probably my least favorite driver out of the whole field. Like he's even lower than Denny Hamlin for me. Oh wow. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I can, I can withstand Denny Hamlin. I think he drives like a dick, you know, a dick, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But uh, I, yeah, I, I don't like. I just don't like Bubba Wallace. I don't like how he carries himself. I don't like his attitude. I just, I never have. Like even before the whole drama situation yeah i guess so but even before the whole drama situation with him in talladega like i just i never liked him it was he was never a driver i cared for so um but with everything you're saying yes i can agree with you i think bubba is going to have a really good year um i i think it's going to be a really good year for him now i do agree with you on two weight races win Eh, eh, we'll see we'll see if uh We'll see how many cars he can keep intact. I, I don't think that'll be as big of a concern as you're making it to be, but we will see that. Um, t- uh, he'll make round of eight playoffs probably. Uh, I'll say ceiling of a final four. I'm, I'm not expecting that, but that's like ultimate ceiling. Um, I, I, I would expect a, a round of eight uh, visit for him. Um, Gavin says Austin Sindrick is his dark horse. I can see that. Really? I I'm not on the Austin Cindric train. I I feel like yes, he came out of the gates hot at Daytona uh 2 years ago now. 
was a big surprise win. Ever since then, he has shown me nothing. Absolutely. Nothing. And Michael McDowell has more success than Austin Cindric at this point. For sure. And they're both in Ford equipment. One's Penske, one's uh, blanking. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the point. And, and like you said, Carl, um, Michael McDowell has a playoff appearance. So does Cindric. But McDowell has also been more consistent. If Sindrick does not win the race or finish top five, he is – you don't see him the whole race. And mm-hmm. he hasn't impressed me. Gavin says Penske will step up their game with speed throughout the season. The Dark Horse may help him there, but I, I don't think – You know what? I, you know what? I, if Gavin's watching, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk this to Gavin. Is Statistics show – if there is a new chassis, new body, there is going to be a learning curve. And I think Toyota and Ford themselves, especially the first half of the season, are going to really struggle. Chevy has had a couple years to figure their stuff out. They have it down. I don't see Ford doing it, and let alone Penske. You guys have the horsepower. You have the driver talent. You don't seem to have the arrow and the nuances of to be able to go through a whole season with it. You guys have three, four races where you guys really show, and the next three, four, you guys are down. So Penske is one of those really up-and-down teams, in my opinion. They're not they're not consistent. If they're good, if they're on it, they're on it, and you're going to see them win. But if they're not on it, then guess what? You're going to really struggle. Uh, top tens, barely get stage points. It, it's, Penske with the Dark Horse is going to be fun to watch because I know, especially in the first half of the next-gen car, Penske struggled, so it'll be fun to see how Penske survives this Star Horse revival. Definitely will be. Uh, Richard, I'll throw it over to you if you are available. Um, I'm, I'm just <laughs> just curious <laughs> of what do you like about Cindric? Of what what makes you confident in having him as a dark horse for this season? Oh, I don't have that dark horse. That was Gavin. No, um, no, no. But you, 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 <laughs> like, you liked his his comment. I, I don't know. I just, um, I mean, yeah, he hasn't been, you know, a staple name up in the top ten a lot with a lot of the other drivers. But top ten. I mean, he 20. has. Well, I mean, still okay. But there has been times where he has shown. He has shown some speed. He's shown some, you know, aggression and whatnot. So I just, <laughs> I don't know. Just, uh, just I, I can see it. Well, Gavin says he will be driving a dark horse, so therefore he is a dark horse. Um, yeah, uh, uh, I don't like that answer, Gavin. <laughs> Do y'all have anything else to add before we wrap up here? Um. Okay, I know there's been a lot of hype already with it and everything else, but let's go to SVG getting an experience Infinity ride through um, Pollock Racing. Let's let's talk how this Australian supercar driver all of a sudden gets this ride in a NASCAR primary series. I, I, I yes, he won a Chicago Street Course, the rain and everything. Cool, that's fantastic. He's a supercar driver. He's used to running on the road courses. He had a couple of experiences at the ovals, and they weren't quite as spectacular. How is SVG going to be able to run having a full NASCAR 
circuit. Yes, Xfinity is not the 36 races of the Cup Series, but still, it's a very, very heavy um, schedule for someone who rolls in those other circles. I'll, I'll take the lead here. And it, was it IRP that he ran last season in truck? Mm-hmm. And, and it, he had a, an average race, right? Mid-pack, nothing too too interesting. Um, I feel like that's going to be a real key for him is I'm, I'm sure he's had plenty of time in the simulator um, during this off season of really working on his ovals. Um, I feel like that's going to be his make or break his. The thing that he has in his back pocket is his road course ability. And with how many road courses the cup series runs now, especially I know that's not the, the, the goal right now, but the end goal will be Cup Series and championships, hopefully one day for him. But he can fall back on that for how long? We, we, we've had countless road course ringers. Marcus Ambrose, uh, Juan Pablo Montoya. Um, there are we had Kimi Raikkonen so in a many. couple years Kimi ago. Kimi Raikkonen, exactly. We've had so many guys step in. And even recently, there's there's been a ton new uh, road course ringers from different series mm-hmm. come in. And and they've done well, but they're not ready to be a full-time cup driver because they're not really going to do much for you. If they don't get that road course win, they're 25th, 30th on an oval most of the time, it seems like. And that's not knocking their skill. It's just they, they don't have the oval experience that a lot of these guys um, coming up, getting ready for NASCAR cup racing, um, go through. And, and the same can be said about A.J. Allmendinger. I, I love him. I'm a huge fan of A.J. Allmendinger. Um, he's, he's grown a lot over the years in NASCAR. Um, his ovals have gotten a lot better. They're still not great. They're not elite, but they are manageable um, for a cup-level ride, even though he's not going to be cup this year. Um, so that's what he really has to focus on is just get as much seat time as he can Focus on the ovals, and we'll see how it goes from there. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see how SVG does in the ovals with the Xfinity. Because, and you know, you were saying that you know NASCAR has been going to a lot more road courses. Xfinity has a lot of road courses they run. They they do. They really do it. But the Cup Series, they're actually reducing by one this year. We're not going back to the Indy Road Course. We're going back to the old Brickyard. Thankfully. And I'm excited for that. I don't care for the Indy Road Course. I think it's horrid. But I oval racing is just a whole other beast when it comes to road course, like over road course racing. Just a completely different beast. These cars are not road course racing cars. And I don't know. It's definitely going to be a learning curve for him. We He obviously knows how to drive these cars. We saw it at Chicago. We saw it. He knows how to drive the cars. He knows how to manipulate it. So it's just now can he get in to the groove and the monot- I'm going to say it, the monotony of an oval course race because it is. It is a very long, pretty much the same turning exactly the entire way around all race for four hours. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it'll be exciting to see him grow in Xfinity Series, see how he does in the oval course racing. Um, but it's also going to be exciting to see how he throws those cars around, you know, let's say at uh, Road America or the, the the what's the Canadian course they run? They run Canadian at the Canadian Tire. Uh, yeah, Canadian mm-hmm. Tire. So it's going to be great to see him throw that Xfinity car around those courses. 
And, and for those of our, I'm sorry, sorry, Stephen. No, um, our listeners, our watchers, oh, SVG. Um, it's a, uh, you know, acronym. Uh, Shane Van Ginsbergen. He's an Australian supercar driver. Uh, won championships there. Was one of, I think, three drivers ever to win their first ever um, NASCAR roads or NASCAR Cup start period. And he started at Chicago Road Course with the weight, rain and everything, the moisture on the track, he ends up winning. Now, I do want to throw this out there. We threw a lot of names out there. Um, we threw Al J. Almendinger, Eric Amarola, uh, not Eric Amarola, um, Ambrose, Marcus yeah. Ambrose. Um, we uh, Kimi Raikkonen we threw out there. Juan Pablo. A lot of these, uh, Juan Pablo Montoya, Here's the thing with a lot of those drivers. Open wheel drivers. There's no contact. There's no... If you get contact, you're either wrecked or you get a penalty. Um, let's go... Uh, even GT drivers, let's go IMSA or FIA. If you are found to be guilty of causing a contact, uh, rubbing tires or anything like that, that's a penalty in the pits. You know, five seconds or whatever. A spot, too. With the NASCAR series and the Supercar series, and, you know, I'm going to nerd out on you on this. After I saw SVG win that race in Chicago, a lot of his uh, Supercar stuff from Australia really sh sh showing up, especially Bathurst. If you've ever driven Bathurst, I swear to God, it is the hardest course to ever drive. It is ridiculous. It is the most monstrosity of a track. It is, I don't, I can't wrap my mind around it, to be honest. But he can go through there and win. And on top of that, those supercars, they're allowed to bump. They're allowed to rub fenders, route, you know, bump bumpers and stuff like that. I think that gives them an edge in terms of NASCAR. Because you that NASCAR allows that rubbing. Now allows that little um, contact here and there. And doesn't penalize for it. And I think if SVG is going to have that wild card, it's going to be right there. Yeah. I, I, I'm right on board with that. And since we brought up uh, Xfinity Racing for a little bit, just just want to get y'all's feelings for Haley Deegan in the Xfinity series. I mean, I... it's it's a big name. Uh, casual NASCAR fans know her. She's the female that's in the highest level of NASCAR right now, so she's always going to have all eyes on her. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see it. She didn't excel in trucks, right? But Trucks is kind of a crap shot. Exactly. Like, well, and it, she it didn't trucks, have the ride in trucks. She, I mean, she really let's didn't. put it out there. She didn't. And I, if you've seen her race in the XRX series, she did pretty dang, dang good. Like, she did pretty dang good in the SRX series. So, being that she's going to be, who she, what team is she going to be part of? I, I forget. AM Motorsports or AM Racing or something like that. Something. But, like, I feel that her racing ability is going to come out more in the Xfinity series than it could in the truck series. And um, I know a lot of people give her crap. You know, they say she's not actually a good driver, blah, blah, blah. She's just got a following. That's why she's getting the ride. But we'll see. We'll see what this season brings. You know, she may or may not do good this season, but you can't expect every driver out there to do phenomenal their first season of racing. I mean, William Byron, he did phenomenal coming from iRacing to Trucks to Xfinity and then to Cup. Now, did he shine when he came to Cup? Not really. This past year, Byron finally was able to shine and show what he is capable of. So, um, 
but no, I'm I'm excited to see what Haley Deegan can show in the Xfinity cars. That's going to be a better car for her to drive. It's not a truck. It's not a kind of a a crapshoot of drivers. So it, it's going to be exciting. I can't, I I really hope she does well. Yeah. For uh, the record, Xfinity Series number fifteen Ford Mustang for AM Racing. So she has a lot of resources behind her. Obviously, someone uh, went and decided to take a step on her to take her up from the trucks to the Xfinity series. Now, okay, so we started Sim here and we've worked into IRL. I'm going to reset with Sim, but we may end up on the Sim side of things. I know racing trucks, racing Xfinity, racing cup cars are extremely different, but going from just racing trucks in general, I personally, I can't do it. If, if I try to go back there, things may be different. It's been a year and a half since I tried. But trucks drive so very different. A lot of drivers can't make them work. They don't like them. But you go to the Xfinity Series. Uh, Steven, you mentioned it yourself. AJ Allmendinger, drop him back down to the Xfinity Series. One, I think it's less pressure. He likes it. He likes just to race. But on top of that, there's got to be something in Xfinity Series where there's some things that the trucks have or don't have and the cup cars have and don't have that drivers seem to acclimate let's look at justin allgaier uh he's been in there for god ever um uh not cole custer but um austin hill Hill. he went into cup didn't have the success came back down to xfinity he's having success again so a lot of these drivers have different preferences these cars may or may not acquiesce to some of those so Haley dean in xfinity cars seeing the struggle she had in the truck series is going to be really fun to see what she can do in the Xfinity series. And I, I honestly think this may be a make or break year for her with her history in the truck series. Because if she can't make it in the Xfinity series, I don't think anyone's going to give her another ride in anywhere else. Yeah, I can't disagree there. Um, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying that this is her make or break season. Um, I give it at least two years for her. Um, I'm sure they have a pretty long leash with her and will give her every chance to succeed because at the end of the day, some team in the cup series is going to want to give her a ride. We know she has talent. She just needs to prove it. So it's getting the team that's going to support her and get her to that next level and take that jump. Uh, it might not come in this first season. Of she might not have enough seat time. Hopefully, this is a year where she can learn and put everything towards next season. But yeah, we'll see for that. And even for the cup driver, or the cup teams or whatnot, like I mean, a cup team might even pick her up just for the publicity aspect. Mm-hmm. I mean, look what they did with Danica Patrick. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but we don't want I mean, that again. Can, yeah, no, we don't. But I feel that Deegan is going to do leaps and bounds better than Danica did. And Danica was in the cup series. So I I give Deegan probably three to four years before they finally either cut ties and say, nope, this ain't going to work out. Or she finally proves herself and she shows what she's actually talented in doing and is a potential look to move up to the cup series. And that would be awesome to see. Definitely be awesome. Well, boys, anything else we want to cover? Um, bedtime. Not bedtime. <laughs> it is late for you out there on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. L- l- live in the mountain zone. You'll enjoy life better. Yeah, yeah. you're one of the people yeah. we didn't care about the time. 
And that's okay. I got <laughs> snow in the Rocky Mountains. Uh, you know, I can't occupy my time either way. Uh, I'm, no, I... Go ahead, Richard. Oh, I was going to say, we got mountains in Atlanta, the beach in Savannah, and uh, the woods in between. So, you know, we get it all. Yeah. <laughs> not the same. It's overrated. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, if you're not hiking up a hill struggling for breath, you're not living right. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's called smoking. <laughs> uh, you know, also 10,000 elevation. Here we are. Ooh, yeah, that doesn't sound fun. Well, it's my bed and breakfast. Let's go. <laughs> well, thank you all for joining us for our first episode of the Holler Podcast. Um, please be sure to share, like, and uh, share again. Apparently, I wrote that down. Don't know why. Um, our podcast. Just a reminder, we can also be found on Spotify and Apple Podcast. For if you miss any of our live streams every Thursday, um, you can catch up on every episode there. Um, also, in addition to that, going forward... We would like to answer your questions if you have any. Um, please send your questions to brbracingleagues at gmail.com. Again, that's brbracingleagues at gmail.com, and we may answer them on future episodes. Uh, also wanted to thank Butt Kicker, Sundance Pizza, TriVista, and Idealise for all supporting BRB Racing League and the Butt Kicker Cup Series. Uh, thank you for your time, Richard and Carl. Good luck next week at Dover. Uh, just a reminder to everyone watching, you can catch our Dover race next week on Tuesday um, on virtualracing.network's YouTube channel, and that will be on Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, and we'll see you all next week. Yes, you will definitely see me beat Stephen Borbell in position <laughs> at the end of the race. We shall see Borbell, I'll make that. sure under caution he doesn't do that. <laughs> uh, he won't be able to catch me, so we'll see from there. But thank you all once again, and we'll see you all next week.